Hey everyone, I'm Claude Silver and I am an emotional optimist. For me, there's absolutely no false or toxic positivity in emotional optimism. It is simply an awareness that we have the capacity to influence how we feel and how we think. And that even in our darkest times, we know that the light is actually always there. So join me as I ask each and every one of my guests what emotional optimism means to them. So I talk a lot about something called emotional optimism. And I love it. A little bit of a backstory there. And then I would, uh, my question is going to be, what does that mean to you? Um, you, you? You know this much about me, but I know I have a feeling because of who you are, you probably end up knowing this much about me. <laughs> so once upon a time, I was in London. Mm-hmm. Was 12, I lived there. And a friend of mine said, you, I really want to take you to go see to, to my, my shaman, right? So I walk in and, um, and I meet this person who looks like a cross between Gandalf and Freud, Austrian accent, wow. a little bit of Britishness, white beard, white hair, taller than tall, right? Like six, seven, you know, I'm five, three. And he, prior to me coming, he asked for my uh, date of birth. You know, who's going to do a chart, I guess. Right. Which is cool. I'm open to that. I'm open. And I'm pretty much open. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a curious person. Mm-hmm. Sit down across from him. He has a cat in his lap and he had my chart, which mm-hmm. he had hand drawn. He looks up and he looks down. He looks up and he looks down. And he looks up and he says in this Austrian accent, you're the only person that I've ever met that can be inside of a coffin and still see the light. Mm. And similar to the book title, your book title, that mm-hmm. I had, I had never, I had, no one had ever expressed my experience of life like that ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. And it was so spot on in time, in our next conversations, we can talk about that and, and mm-hmm. our stuff. Um, but that to me summed up emotional optimism the idea for me that we have trauma, we have pain, we have joy, we have a lot of different feelings and a lot of different circumstances and things happen to us. For me, that is the emotional part. That is being inside of the coffin. Mm -hmm. The ability to see the light for me is the ability to see the hope, the in some way, shape, or form, the silver lining, but the fact that mm-hmm. the sun will come out tomorrow. There will be another chance to rise, to resurrect, for renewal, for rebirth every single day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we are going to necessarily escape that. We're not devoid of those feelings. We are those, we are those emotions, but that's not all we are. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know your, and so that's my kind of take on it and a little story about it, but I'd love to know what that, um, did that conjure up anything to you? Just the, the phrase emotional optimism. It did. And it conjured a bunch of concerns. And then you assuaged all of them as you spoke. <laughs> Here's why. Um, 
you know, if you go back 20 years, I would have called myself an emotional optimist. But what I actually was, was a trauma survivor with dissociative tendencies. So I was an optimist by pretending there was no coffin. Right. And so then you, and I was like, oh gosh, I hope we are not going to like, yay, dissociation is the way to be. It's fine as a survival tool. It really is. I wouldn't shame anybody for dissociating. If you dissociate, you do it for a reason. And over time, that survival strategy will stop serving you. Typically, research tells us. But then when you said like the coffin and you acknowledge that we're there and you acknowledge that trauma is real and you acknowledge that feelings are hard and feelings are difficult and we really do face challenges, there was no false or toxic positivity in that emotional optimism. There was simply an awareness that we have the capacity to influence how we think and how we feel, to set framing, to in cooperation and concert with our whole selves, combine our thoughts and our feelings into new understandings. And uh, I've been trying, I didn't know that phrase, emotional optimism, but I've been trying to learn to be an emotional optimist. That's kind of the journey I lay out in my second book. Um, and the kind of getting in touch with trauma backgrounds, the an increased understanding of the value of emotional intuitive awareness, a deeper emphasis on our social interconnectedness and interdependence. And when we start to combine all those things, despite the difficulty of life, we can find there is also a lightness to it when we just stop trying to control everything so damn hard. And when we stop trying, including our own feelings, we let our feelings be our feelings, but we provide a framing, like kind of as you talked about, the light is actually always there. And I am a suicide survivor. And so I know as well as anyone what it's like to not be able to see the light. And so to me, having just heard the phrase emotional optimism minutes ago, one of the most important disciplines in emotional optimism would be an understanding that at those moments, we cannot see the light. Those are the moments when optimism demands that we reach out a hand for help, for assistance, and for aid so that someone can share that life with us. And then if we feel like, oh my gosh, but I couldn't be a burden, I couldn't be a hassle on someone else, I say this with the deepest lived experience possible. When you reach out for help, when you need it, it actually equips you and strengthens you to offer help to someone else when they need it. And uh, that would be an essential part of a sustainable emotional optimism to me. You are a beautiful human being. That's very kind. Beautiful human being. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I yeah. more ways than one, I, I see you and I, I really, uh, I'm so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really mean that. <laughs>